A movie brave enough to cast David Arquette as the lead, but not brave enough to kill any of the children in it. That's right. This month on The Girls Who Cried V Horror, we're watching Eight-Legged Freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I was stifling my laughter for so long. A movie brave enough to cast David Arquette. Fuck you. Wow, he's going to come for you. I would love to see him fucking try. Uh, Dewey is going to limp his ass over to you and fucking end your life. <laughs> The girls who cried be horror. No, the thing is, like, okay. Hi, guys. We're going to get right into it. Right from that intro. The thing is, like, I have nothing against David Arquette. I really don't. I don't know enough about him. But at the end of the day, like, truly list me, like, the great work he's done other than Scream. Um, his marriage to Courtney Cox Arquette uh, that ended, sadly, and... He was on one episode of Friends. To me, that sounds like the charity work Courtney Cox was doing and not the great work that David Arquette was doing. You know, that is a valid point. I can't, off the top of my noggin, think of anything that I love. Because <laughs> there isn't. Um, the thing but you is, know like, David Arquette as, like, is. I was reading shit about Eight Legged Freaks trying to find, like, any background, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. there isn't a lot, which we'll get to. But. They were people talking about David Arquette casting this lead. They're like, he's just, like, so natural. It's like he's, like, not even acting. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess that shows that he's just, like, a little tiny bit unhinged and, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, oh, he, like, like he's in, always doing the same thing in everything he's in. He was in Never Been Kissed. Do you feel that you want to go to bat I, for his I performance like in it? I like Never Been Kissed. We, got, we left Okay, you can like Never Been Kissed. Do you want to go to bat for David Arquette's performance in it? Um... I will go to bat for the Arquette family as a whole, but not specifically David. I mean, I'd go to bat for Patricia. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, Rosanna Arquette, Alexis Arquette. It's a good family. I just think that David is there. The runt. Yeah. The yeah. runt of the litter. Whatever. He's um, making those paychecks. <laughs> He's killing those spiders. All right. Anyways, hi, guys. After that delayed-ass you know, introduction. Welcome to this month's episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. As always, I am Anya. I'm Alex. What's up? <laughs> and we're doing, I believe, our first main episode of a 2000s film, because you already all know, House of Wax 2005, we've talked about, what was our other 2000s film that we Baby did? Baby Girl, last oh. month was Splinter. But was that 2010s or was that 2000s? Uh, no, I think it was 2008. Let me double check. Okay. You guys should know already that I don't fucking know a goddamn thing that I'm talking you know about. What? It's okay. It's our first <laughs> creature feature of the 2000s. Yes. Um, or we'll say the early 2000s, which is obviously 2005 and earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2002, a uh, big old fucking spider movie. Um, there are plenty of them if you, you know, have ever watched the fucking sci-fi network. But this one was definitely... I feel like it's it's one of the more well-known big spider movies. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's definitely some stuff to say about it. So I feel as we should get right into it. Alex, I'm sure that watching it for this pod was not the first time you've seen this movie. Of course not. I fucking love it. Like, it freaks. Yeah, right. Listen, is it a masterpiece? No. Is it something I grew up loving? Absolutely. So I have a special mm-hmm. place in my heart for it. It's something I've seen, I could not tell you how many times, because it was always on fucking, like, TNT, or, like, TBS, any of those, always playing. 
Um, it was, you know, my first introduction to Scarlett Johansson. I thought she was a badass in this. I really liked it. I hate spiders. So, you know, my, like, 10-year-old brain, when this came out, seeing, like, spiders the size of a car, I did not like it because it scared me, but I also did like it because it scared me. So I hadn't seen it in a very long time, probably since, like, high school. Um, but I remembered, like, a good amount of it. It definitely in my opinion, holds up as a fun time, but, um, you know, it was good to watch it with, like, an adult brain and, mm -hmm. you know, not be, like, a child who's just enamored with it because it's nostalgic, but I have a good time with it. I think it has a lot of fun bits. I think it's really campy, and I think if you don't go into it being like, this is going to be a seriously frightening film, then I right. have a good time. I mean, yeah, this was absolutely not the first time that I'd seen this movie. Um, I, I'm sure, I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not. I'm sure we have in some capacity. But I have, I mean, most people don't like bugs. Like, a lot of people don't like bugs. A lot of people don't like spiders. Like, but I, like, very much do not like bugs. Like, I would say that's, like, number one or, like, top in terms of, like, uh, like phobias or, like, fears. Um, so I, I fucking hate bugs. And I think that there was definitely, like, Growing up and even now still, there's always that, like, sixth sense. That sounded like I was saying sixth sense, but I meant to say sick with a CK sense of, like, having to, like, torture yourself where you, like, watch shit that you know. So I'm like, like, there are some things I won't do. Like, I think I've talked about, um, like, the cockroaches in Creepshow. Like, I... There is no desire to, like, try to sit through that. Well, like, yeah, I won't ever watch Orca Killer Whale. Right. It's so, not gonna I mean, happen. even though I will do my best every day of my life to bully it's you not until gonna I do it. No. <laughs> um but like that I have no like I I wanna see it. Like I, erase it all from the fucking face of the earth. I never want to see any of it. But spiders, I do have fear of spiders. I'm very much the girl that's like waking up my dad in the middle of the night, like, Dad, come kill the spider. I mean, I don't live with my parents anymore, but it's, like, I would not be above waking up one of my roommates to be, like, please come kill this fucking spider. Although I'm better about it now. But definitely, like, I don't know, like, there's a sick sense of, like, you know those videos where, like, people are in, like, fucking Australia with the spiders the size of oh, a fucking dinner plate? And they're, like, out on the front porch and they have the Tupperware and they're trying to catch it? Oh, literally, like, the fear of God runs in my body. Like, I can't move. But for some reason, like, if it comes up randomly, like, on a timeline or something, I have to watch it. No, I Even cannot. though afterward, Ugh. even though afterward, I'm going to be convinced that there's something touching me and or in my room. And by something, I mean a big-ass spider. But so, I think Eight-Legged Freaks fell into that, like, realm of, like, yeah, it was on TV. I definitely fucking passed it at certain points and was like, mmm, time to fucking traumatize myself and watch Eight-Legged Freaks. But the thing about Eight-Legged Freaks is, for many years, I feel like, I'm sure I've seen other spider movies, but I think the two that I've, I know I've seen, Eight-Legged Freaks and Arachnophobia, and I, for many years when I had seen them when I was younger, they were the same thing to me. All it was was like, oh, the scary fucking spider movie. Like, there was no differentiation in my mind. I was like, oh, the trauma movie. Right. I mean, I don't think you've grown out of that because as we've prepared to do this episode, like, six different times, Anya has been like, okay, so when we do the arachnophobia episode... Okay, like, okay, okay. Not There's a is. difference. There is a difference. The difference is that when I'm talking about when I was younger, like, truly to me, they were the same right. movie. Like, it okay. all happened. Now it's more so just like a slip of the tongue like I'm meaning to say eight-legged freaks but because arachnophobia I prefer more and is because a you'd movie. rather talk about arachnophobia you're just uh, like, yeah you're fucking right I would um but so for a while it was just like 
my earlier experience with this movie was like trauma. This mm-hmm. is the scary spider movie. And then this is the first time, honestly, in like years, years that I've rewatched Eight Legged Freaks. One, because it wasn't streaming for a while. Which, yeah. if you're all wondering, it's on HBO Max if you would like to indulge and watch for yourself. Um, but yeah, and I kind of went in with expectations where I was like, listen. I don't think this is a good movie, but I think that it's campy. Like, I know it's campy. I know it's ridiculous over the top. And I was like, maybe, honestly, it'll be a banger. Like, it'll be, like, a surprise banger. And I'm personally sorry to say that I did not find it to be a banger. So I'll be very interested to have this conversation with you. Um, But, yeah, I almost – not only did I not think it was a banger, I kind of thought it was a little bit of, like, a sleeper. Um, Okay. So we'll get into that. But, yeah, that was my experience – watching it like it freaks early in my life and now visiting it again wonderful amazing do you want me to give uh, a brief little synopsis before we get into some fun facts yeah let the people know about the big spiders okay i've been like trying to figure out the best way to form this synopsis in my brain because there's like uh-huh. there's like a love story happening for some reason oh as i well know as the spiders. yeah so basically eight like it freaks follows um a very small town um Let's see. Okay. Well, I guess technically your main character is played by David Arquette. His name is Chris. He returns to this small town where he grew up, but he hasn't been back in like 10 years because some drama had ensued and he left town. But he came back and he wanted to confess his love for the beautiful sheriff and try to get, you know, a relationship with her going. And so conveniently, he just comes back into town right when a truck carrying nuclear waste happens to spill a barrel into the like reservoir which then infected all of the you know organisms living inside the water including the crickets which local man josh happens to just collect for his spider farm so he can feed the spiders it's very complicated this is not Mm -hmm. like a you know someone got bit and you know now they can shoot webs out of their fingers no this is complicated so josh takes these crickets and he feeds them to the spiders and realizes very quickly they're growing and he's fascinated by it he's studying them you know they're not like massive but they're like tarantula size um and he also conveniently happens to be good friends with the sheriff's son um mike who is like fast he's like 13 14 he's fascinated with spiders and pretty much the spiders just keep growing until they are the size of like a car and they take over the town and it is up to David Arquette and the sheriff and her two kids, played by Scarlett Johansson and the aforementioned boy named Mike, and they have to leave the town to defeat these giant spiders. There's also, like, a whole plot point about, like, the mayor of the town wanting to, like, shut down the mines and create, like, tourism by building this big mall, which comes into play because they try to, like, you know, the spiders are living in the mines and like bringing people in there so it's a very complex it's very similar to like anaconda where it's like this didn't need to be as like complex as you've made it but you know what i'm here for it i'm glad i didn't have to take fucking notes intensively on this film and yeah i mean that's that's the most basic plot i can provide it's so funny rare anaconda because i will be bringing it up shortly oh good um you know i live for anaconda but yes, I mean, that pretty much summarizes the entire movie. It's one of those movies, once again, like Anaconda, which I will bring back in a moment, where it is like, in theory, it's like big, dumb, monster movie, sci-fi classic, mm-hmm. and by sci-fi, I mean the sci-fi network, um, 
But for some reason, and very much, you know, it could be us having little rat brains, but it's, like, this plot that, in theory, like, is not complex, like, is just, like, a straightforward, dumb movie, when you try to, like, voice it to somebody, it's like, okay, well, this is why this is happening. And then while that's happening, this is happening. Like, it suddenly feels like it's a hot-ass fucking jumbled mess, and you're like, why? Why is the big spider (laughs) movie hurting my brain? Um, So, anyway, but... I think it would be good for us to get right into some background on this movie. Um, I did my best to do some research. I read this whole ass fucking article at one point about the making of the movie, but unfortunately it didn't give me a lot to work with. It was just kind of more so just like quotes from the actors about how like, yeah, working with this actor was great. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Where are the mishaps on set? Um, But let me start out going right in to Anaconda because... The sheriff of the town, yeah. who's played by Carrie Wurrer, I can't pronounce her last name. <laughs> That's literally how it looks. It's W-U-H-R-E-R. Wurrer? Yeah, whatever the fuck it is. It doesn't matter. Um, this bitch, also part of the main cast of Anaconda. Was she? She's the bitch, I believe, that is fucking Owen Wilson. Oh my god, that's like such a weird... I, like, never would have recognized her. Is that I didn't recognize her either until I was reading this article and someone said something about her being an anaconda. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we don't talk about anaconda lightly here. What the fuck was she an anaconda? I mean, clearly she like, didn't make a super lasting impression. So she clearly has a type of movie she likes to go for. But this is a good rule of thumb for us going forward. If any movie that we want to do has Carrie Woo whatever the fuck in it, we know that it's going to hurt our little tiny monkey brains. Um, She loves a complicated monster movie. She loves a complicated movie that in theory should be a movie you should turn your brain off for. Um, But this movie was shot, once again, as always, y'all, I'm going to mispronounce names. We need to get the fuck over it. Um, Shot by director uh, Ellery Elkayam. I believe he's from New Zealand. Ellery Elkayam. Ellery. That's pretty. It is a nice name. The movie was shot over a period of 40 days. It was pretty low cost. It was only $3 million, and a third of that budget went to special effects. Um, A a sequel was originally planned for it, um, where David Arquette would be replied... Excuse me. David Arquette would be reprising his role as Chris, and the same director would be coming back, but then it got scrapped for unknown reasons. I think the most interesting thing, though, about this movie being made is that it was actually inspired by... The short film Larger Than Life, which was written by the director. I don't I don't know if it was directed, I think it was. I think uh, it was. I, I read about that. Of the movie. Um because he essentially like got like a good amount of money from it uh to make the small film from the New Zealand Film Commission. And then it was very critically acclaimed at whatever film festival it was at. Caught the, uh, the eye of producer Dean Devlin, who produced Independence Day, Godzilla, Day After Tomorrow. And then he recruited Ellery to then, I'm not going to say his last name, so we're going to go, we're on a first name basis with Ellery, um, to then make a like a Freaks for the $3 million budget. Uh, and, you know, we got what we saw. But the uh, short film, which I have not seen, is the synopsis is it's a young woman battles against a series of giant spiders spawned by toxic waste in her new suburban home. So very, very similar to the plot of Eight-Legged Freaks. Um, I would be curious to watch it, though, to see, like, 
is like the short film like this really like because I feel like that's a lot of a time in horror and you're definitely someone that I think takes in a lot of horror shorts uh more so than I do but I from the horror shorts that I have seen that have then become like films a lot of times it's like oh my god the horror short like perfect it's executed really well as a short and then sometimes expanding it to a feature hurts it just because it, sometimes it's because it's, you know, other hands are involved and they're making poor decisions. Or it's just because it was never really built to work as well in a full feature. So I'd be curious to see if the larger than life short film is like, oh my god, amazing. Because I mean, they're saying it's critically acclaimed. And I don't believe that Eight Like It Freaks is critically fucking acclaimed. Yeah, I, I meant to actually watch that before we recorded. I completely forgot. But it is like, it, it does happen more often than not that like in my opinion when a short film is made into a feature I usually like the short film more I think you know an exception would be like Saw probably um and then I know people really love Mama even though I'm not a huge Mama fan I really like the Mm -hmm. short that spawned it um but you know I feel like a lot of times I watch horror movies and I think to myself like that was a really interesting story I think it would have worked better as a short and you know I think it makes a lot of sense that, like, when you have a short film, you can't give me too much that, like, overcomplicates or makes me lose interest. Like, I am focused for the, like, ten minutes that I have, and you don't fucking scare me. So I'm sure it's probably a lot more restrained and has more of a central focus than maybe this one does, because you have so much more free reign for this. But, yeah, I would, I mean, I haven't seen it yet either, but I would recommend anybody listening go check it out i'm sure it's not very long and if it's critically acclaimed i will be definitely checking it out i mean yeah i think it is really interesting just in general with shorts and the whole thing because shorts are their own beast in themselves like i feel like for some people like i took i remember in college i took a writing the short class and i had taken like every fucking screenwriting class available because i was just like that's all i care about fucking doing and I remember I was the taking the writing the short because it was one of the ones I hadn't taken and I was like this gonna not that I was like oh it's gonna be easy but I was like I've done the writing the pilot where you have to write a whole fucking bible for an original show or you know you have to study an existing show and write a spec for it I've done the writing the feature you gotta plan out a whole fucking 120 page script like I've done all of it not that I'm perfect at all of it but I've been through all of that at this point so I was like writing the short it's gonna be the easiest part of my day so fucking hard so yeah. fucking hard because essentially you like to make an effective short, like, you have to still convey certain things, a good amount of shit, in such little time, in comparison to where, like, when you have, like, a full feature, or you're planning out a series of a show, you have time where you're like, well, I don't need to deal with that yet. I can set something up, but I don't need to, like, explore that, because that's going to be explored, you know, 30 pages down the line, or that's not going to be explored till like, mm-hmm. 10 episodes into my series or some shit. So, like, writing shorts are not any easier, I think, to make in any capacity than features. I just think they're different to make. But why I think it should be applauded, like, you know, these horror shorts that get made. I mean, you were listing some, but, like, definitely some as well. Like, I loved the Lights Out short that got yeah. so fucking popular before they made it a movie. Um, I can't – it's a different name. You, you're going to have to remind me because we've both seen it now. But Was it Larry? The short fi- – Larry, yes. Larry, yeah. the short film like that they Larry. then turned into the movie uh, Come Play, which came out last mm-hmm. year. And both of those are examples of, like, really solid, good horror shorts where the whole time you're like, yeah, I'm in bed. Both of them also play with darkness, which is always a fun thing to play with in horror. But 
and then yeah it gets turned into a feature and not to like outwardly like shit on either of these movies but it's just like they weren't built to be full-length movies so I just think that's something that's interesting in general where like there's definitely shorts where you watch them I feel like and maybe they're not as good because you're like well they need more time to expand on that mm-hmm. and or it's like oh this is so good and I could a thousand percent watch like two hours of this yeah. and some of them are just like you know you did a great job on that short let it live let it live as it is yeah. and don't touch it I would love in this moment since we're talking about shorts just to pitch a short that I think is probably the best horror short I think I've ever seen um and okay. it was also turned into a feature-length film last year which is it was called Cresswick and it was directed by Natalie Erica James it's so haunting and like I was so creeped out watching I was like genuinely afraid Mm -hmm. which doesn't really happen it it was just like incredible and then she made a feature-length version uh which I believe you saw which was Relic yes which I liked Relic I didn't love Relic um but Cresswick Man so fucking good check it out I think it was like Vimeo or something where I watched it I recommend Mm -hmm. everybody see it it's 10 minutes long it's super spooky I just wanted to pitch that for, you know, yeah, we love a good recommendation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my tangent on shorts. Um, so pre-production for this movie started about seven months before they actually shot it, and that was because mm-hmm. so much time had to be given to the visual effects crew so they could, like, render the spiders to make them as accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. And they actually, um, like, the special effects team, like, studied real spiders I think it was, I don't know if it was the director or the producer, somebody who was working on the film that was not on the special effects team, said that, like, the, the fucking special effects team would, like, go to, like, pet stores or what the fuck ever, like, buy spiders to, like, bring them back and, like, study them to, like, make them look realistic and move realistically. That's and, like, they job. said, there's a quote that the person <sighs> said where they said, I'd come by to see how they were doing on the effects and they would be, there would be aquariums full of spiders everywhere. Which, like, is a nightmare. Like, you know, no, I, no, no, no. I respect it so much that they went and they were that dedicated because, you know, I think this entire episode is going to be a lot of, like, you critiquing the film and me, like, praising the film. So this uh-huh. is going to be another moment of that. But, like, you know, say what you will about how the CGI looks for the spiders. I think, yeah. you know, for 2002, I think it, it looks pretty decent. But the fact that, like, I do think all the spiders look very realistic, like, with their fangs and their the hair and the eyes and everything it looks like a spider but mm-hmm. i also like they go they could have been easy they could have been lazy they could have said this only affects tarantulas and then they could have just done one spider but they have so many different species There's five of spiders. different types of spiders in the movie yeah it's i'm i'm very impressed by that because they can do so much with it because like i know they have jumping spiders that like that adds like another scary element to it mm-hmm. and you know i mean i think that their dedication and the research that they did really shows to me at least and like I feel like it's very worthwhile even though it sounds like a fucking miserable time call back to another one of our episodes um not our last one but the one before demons in which we talked about how the movie theater that they shot in was the last demons was the last thing they shot there before they Mm -hmm. shut it down um a similar thing here because um prosperity mall which is the mall that's being built in the film um was actually shot in a real abandoned mall in glendale arizona um it was originally before it was abandoned it was valley west mall um also known as the manistee mall um and eight-legged freaks was the last thing that was shot in the mall 
fort was demolished right after the completion of the film. So another one where, sorry folks, if you're a really big Eight-Legged Freaks fan, you cannot go visit the mall that they shot in because it is no longer standing. Would um, you just call those people Eight-Legged, like, are, are you an Eight-Legged Freak? Like, that's yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. It, the name allows itself I'm so much. I'm a two-legged much. freak, baby, but I do love this movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, speaking, though, of the title, is that the title was not the title of the script. It wasn't chosen by, like, a director or studio throwing shit out. The original title was Iraq Attack, which they changed because it sounded like Iraq Attack, and it was, like, right at the beginning of, like, the Iraq War. So well, they were yeah, like, no. Um... But in many European countries, the film was released under that title. You know, um, it's a clever little pun, but I'm glad they didn't go with it. But it actually came from the scene in the movie where David Arquette improvised a line calling the spiders eight-legged freaks. I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to talk about that when we talked about favorite lines. You're telling me in this moment that that was not the most horrible ADR post thing I've ever heard. This is he what was, I'm seeing online, is that, that he mm. improvised that. I mean, the, he might have improvised it, and then they didn't sound right, and they made him do it again. It is the most, like, I've never seen a line that felt more like it was added in post, of him just being like, get back, you eight-legged freak! I mean, it's it could so also bad. be something where, like, they're claiming, like, oh, he improvised it on the spot. It could have been, like, before they were filming. Like, he's reading the script and he's talking to somebody and it's like, yeah. what if I called them eight-legged freaks? And they're like, hold that fucking thought. They get the producers on the phone. That's so funny um, I fully was, like, I'm getting the impression that, like, they shot the film and then the editors were like, we need something in this spot. It's a little dead here. Huh, why don't we have him say the name of the movie, man? That's, like, fully what I thought it was. I mean, I don't think so because that was not the script title. Um, but... The original script title, um, in the beginning of the film, when the little boy, I think he said his name is Mike, goes to the spider farm with Joshua, the guy that runs it, um, he's showing him the jumping spiders when they're feeding, and he says, like, when they're, like, attacking, like, another, I don't know if they're attacking another spider, they're attacking something in their little cage. He says, they call it an Iraq attack. So, referencing the original title of the film. Um, And then, other than that... I will leave you all, because obviously the biggest name tied to this movie, though they didn't know it at the time, was Scarlett Johansson. And her big scene in the movie, which we will definitely discuss, is one where she is getting webbed up by a big spider in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, She went on to say that being covered in the goo was the most disgusting, awful thing she has ever done in a film. Wow. I mean, I I feel like when I think of Eight-Legged Freaks, that's the scene I think of. Because... Yeah. I mean... I think it's a really, really fun scene, but also, like, when I was that age watching this movie, like, the thought of a spider just coming in my window and fucking, like, pinning me to the wall and wrapping me in web was so horrifying. Also, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, I don't know if you care, but she, to me, she seems so young in this movie. Like, if you told me she was, like, 16, I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. But she filmed Lost in Translation, like, two years later, and in that movie she's, like, a fully married adult woman. And I, I can't, like, wrap my brain What the around. fuck do you mean she's a fully married adult woman? Who the fuck? What? In Lost in Translation. Oh, I thought you meant in no. Eight Legged Freaks. No, in, in Lost in Translation, she's, like, she's married, and she goes to Tokyo, I believe. And, right. like, I love that movie, and I just, like, imagined her being a lot older. Maybe she's a lot older in Eight Legged Freaks and she just doesn't look it, but 
like I could not wrap my brain around that those two movies happened like so close to each other because they're so different which is very weird yeah interesting Um, also fun fact for all the horror fans uh, Tom Noonan is the guy who plays Joshua who is like we love Tom Noonan icon so Mm -hmm. so random that he's just like shows up for like two scenes in this fucking movie and he's uncredited on IMDb but pop off that's so strange to be uncredited when he has like a full ass like speaking important roles he's a fucking last name his character has a last name and he's not even credited jesus um but yeah so i guess it's time let's jump right into what happens in this movie which i just want to make mention because i think it's not talked about enough is that from the beginning of this movie a bunny is what causes all of this mayhem but the bunny doesn't die and that's what counts the most to me yeah now, do they end up sparing any other animal lives? No. no. They fucking kill a cat. They kill some ostriches on an ostrich farm. And they kill a dog. It's, like, yeah. awful. The cat is really bad because it's so prolonged. And, but I feel like oh. it would be easier for you to watch that one because in the cat scene, it's so comical. With I the whole, it. like, oh, the cat is, like, boxing the spider within the wall. Tee-hee-hee. Yeah. But and I'm you don't just, like, see it. My ass is like, why aren't these owners ripping their wall apart? Because that's what I would be doing. And I don't. I just like, oh, it makes me so sad. I never want the cats or dogs to die. I don't need it. But I get it. It did feel a little bit like Gremlins-ish. But, you know. Well, I want to ask you something. Did, if you, one of your cats, you caught, you're in your apartment, mm-hmm. a spider the size of... Like, one of those fucking toy Honda cars that kids drive, you know what I'm talking about? That fucking big. That's very specific, but that's what my mind went to. Um, Got your, let's say it's got Craven. It's, like, got Craven. Like, what the fuck do you do? Like, do you box that spider? Like, or do you, like, accept defeat? No. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Girl, I'm just asking a question. I don't care who has Craven. They are dead. Because she is my baby. She is sitting with me right now in this moment. I love her. I would... I think all the fear of, like, the fact that it was a big spider would just be completely gone. And it would just be, like, protect Craven, save her, get her. So I would probably just literally pick the spider up. I think that would be my instinct. To just, like charge oh and just God. like literally imagining you picking a spider literally up is making my if skin i fall. went into the living room and i saw a spider on top of craven i would go and i would either kick it or i would just like grab it and throw it like there's no it would just i wouldn't have time to like try to grab a weapon because i have to save her so it would just be an right in, it would just be a, a maternal instinct of like punting that spider as hard as i could and then you know throwing her in the bedroom and then trying to like find a weapon wow you are such a good mother Thank you. You're I such a good mother. Would do literally anything for my cats. I'm if I obsessed. was a mother, um, and similar to the scene in Insidious where she goes in the baby's room and that fucking motherfucker is standing behind mm, the crib. Yeah, if I had a situation like that, but it was like a big spider, I'm gonna be really fucking honest right now. <laughs> um, it's the spider's baby now. No, I it's, think you. No, you think that, but like. Alex, I'm not fucking kidding. If it was, it's one thing to have like a spider, like even a tarantula sized spider. Okay. Yeah, I'm a fucking body a bitch. No. A spider the size of a toy Honda car that the kids are driving in the driveway on top of the crib, like, I dare you, bitch. I don't need that baby. Okay, that I'm gonna put you on blast right now then. There is a spider the size of a Barbie car, and okay. it has speckles, and it's wrapping him up in its web. Do you let that spider take speckles home? 
Or do you fight for, it? For context, anyone doesn't know who Speckles is. Speckles is my uh, companion, my little owl that comes with me everywhere. He is like, an extension of myself. I love um, You're going to let Speckles die. Mm. Things like Speckles doesn't feel pain. Speckles is going to be gone, though. You're not going to ever see him again. He's going to be spider lunch. Ripped apart. Stuffing oh, everywhere. Oh, my God. This is, I mean, this scenario alone is a reason for me to buy a gun. Because at that point, that's why <laughs> I, I take the gun. Like, human out of the... baby? No. Speckles? Think, okay, let me maybe. say this. Human baby? I can make another. <laughs> speckles? One in a million. You know I what? can't right. make another You're Speckles. Right. Um... Um, my reasoning is sound, and I will not hear otherwise. Um, but it's funny that you brought up Gremlins, because I had a whole, the biggest thing that I thought I was doing while I watched this movie was going, oh my god, that's just like this movie. It's just like this movie. It's just like this movie. And most of the movies that I was like, oh, they're pulling inspiration from that were movies that came prior to it, other than one, which came out the same year. But this is my list. I want to see if you maybe had similar thoughts or any you wanted to add. That as I was watching this movie, I was like, oh my god, that's like, feels like clearly pulled. Because I know there was something we talked about that I know you want to talk about, of like, where inspiration for this movie came from. And I can confirm after reading articles that you are right about that thing. Oh, good. That was literally just like um, me being like, I think, maybe. I don't have much context um, for it. But, so obviously, first thing that my mind goes to is Arachnophobia, like the other, right. better Spider movie. Then, Cabin Fever, in the sense of like, sorry, any of these movies, there's going to be spoilers for them, so if you haven't seen them, turn your ears off. Cabin Fever, which is the other 2002 movie, with the whole like, something is spilling into the water supply, mm, okay. and thus like, creating mayhem, My Bloody Valentine with the fucking mines, uh, yeah. The Graveyard Shift, the Stephen King movie with the giant rats. I love that movie. Um, <laughs> I fucking love Graveyard Shift. Gremlins because of, like, the comedy of it and the fact that it's, like, they explode green and, like, they're these little things that just have, like, a mind for terror and they just want to fucking terrorize you. Aliens, specifically in the scene, I thought this when Gladys goes into the wall after her dog and she's kind of in that big, like, dark cave and the big spider comes up behind her very aliens-esque and killer clowns from outer space in the fact that they're put in cocoons and they are sucked dry. Can I also add despicable me because the spiders Jesus because the spiders are just like despicable me came after so despicable me was influenced by eight-legged freaks it's confirmed it was it was literally just like watching fucking minion spiders just being like I loved it yeah I mean so cute (laughs) well I definitely had something to say about was there any more references um, you found? Oh, well, let me, let, why don't you talk about the thing that you were saying to me, when, sure, which is I don't why have, you like too much to say about it, but when we were watching it, Greg brought it up, and I was like, yeah, I absolutely, like, see that, which is that, you know, I think a lot of the camp in this film is meant to be, like, paying homage to the classic, like, B-horror 50s spider movies, because there are a good amount of them from, like, the 1950s, 1960s, where, like, they had these big production similar to like the blob where like there's something huge happening in a small town um and mm-hmm. i watched one of them which was earth versus the spider and it was not very good but the, the way that they did like the spider practical effects was really cool they just like had miniatures of everything and then had like a massive tarantula so it like right obviously looked very real but i think you know there's other ones like it's called tarantula there's like a big one there mm-hmm. is um Missile to the Moon, which 
somehow is involving spiders. There's the giant spider invasion. There's just so many of them. There's them from 1954, which is a big one. Um, so it felt Isn't like... Isn't them with ants? Um, oh, you know what? That is ants, you're right. But still, it's like the same concept of like a small town that's overrun by right. gigantic bugs that the town has to like come together and be one unit and destroy them and like, you know, decimate them all so that they can survive. And I feel like a lot of the campiness was very, you know, referential to those films in the same way that like, you know, mm-hmm. The Blob and Killer Clowns. I feel like Killer Clowns is also very referential to like those kind of films. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I take a lot of the stuff that might be a little sticky and like not that you might watch and eat like a freaks and go, mm, that's not like great, but I feel like there is intent behind it and it is supposed mm-hmm. to be something that's like tongue in cheek and like, oh, I'm referencing this thing from like classic B horror. So I appreciate it in that sense and it makes me have a lot more fun with it. Um, and you know, going back and watching Earth vs. the Spider, I have a lot more fun with Eight Legged Freaks, but I mm-hmm. don't think that Eight Legged Freaks would exist without these other films having come before it. You're absolutely correct, because in the article that I read, they were literally saying that, like, essentially the whole team involved with, like, bringing this to fruition were people that were, like, the whole idea was, like, I love these classic B-horror films, where Mm -hmm. it is, like, the big spiders are, like, spiders are loose all over the town, and what do we do? How do we stop them? But the whole thing with them was, like, obviously those are made, like, many, many years prior, when you're talking about, like, even though it's fun to watch, where, like, the special effects was, like, let's build miniatures and put a real spider in it and just shoot it really close, where they were, like, essentially the idea behind a lot of this was, like, why don't we make essentially a modern version of that movie, still keeping the B-horror and the camp element, but now with a modern special effects budget, Mm -hmm. um, which is why so much went into the special effects of this film. I mean, once again, we it's so easy, and I'm the first person to do it, to be like, the special effects look like shit. But it's like, I feel like... I don't know if I want to take this tangent. Fuck it, I'll do it. But it, it's just like, I think with special effects in general, I mean, as both of us being people, we've said a million times on this podcast, we love practical effects, blah, blah. But we are not in any way, I feel like, absolutely never do like you know digital effects not by no means like if digital effects are gonna heighten shit and legitimately make it better yes but i think there's definitely a period of time and i'm gonna fucking include avatar in this i don't give a fuck where like everyone was like obviously every year you get more advanced with the special effects right so it's like at the time yeah it's like oh my god i can't believe they did that but in retrospect now, when we have shit like deep fakes, where you can literally make like one person's face look exactly like it's somebody else's body, like all that mm-hmm. crazy fucking shit. Like, I feel like there was a huge growing period with special effects where it's like, you had to go through that to get where we're at now. And honestly, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be seeing the same shit. But like, in hindsight, it doesn't look that great. I mean, I remember when fucking Avatar came out, and no one would shut the fuck up about Avatar, which I'm sure you all know this, but, like, Avatar is literally James Cameron remaking Aliens. It The plot points are exactly the fucking same. Like, literally, look this up. You will find 20 fucking articles on it. So, already, I've I don't see it. never seen Avatar. I don't think I'll ever see Avatar. It's not. But the whole thing with Avatar, I remember when people were talking about it, and I've always been this way. It was like, oh, well, the whole thing about Avatar is the special effects. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. 
Mm-hmm. I'm always the type of bitch for like 90% of the time where it's like if I'm going to a movie and you're telling me I gotta see this movie, it better because, be because like the story is good. Like it's a good movie. I'm not going like, I, that's why I still haven't seen fucking whatever it is, Gravity. Because remember when everyone was talking about Gravity, all they would fucking talk about was like how it looks and blah blah. And not to say that appearance and how things look are not important to movies and blah blah blah. Like they absolutely are. But I was never the type to be like, that's what's going to make this cinematic experience for me. Like, no, I want a story. Like, I want to actually, like, care about what's going on. Like, sure, oh, my God, it looks cool. I'll go fucking to a planetarium at that point if that's what I need. But anyway, that was a tangent. But I I think Eight Legged Freaks falls into that category of, like, in 2002, I'm sure that they looked great. I'm sure, I don't know if it was groundbreaking, but I'm sure they were like, that looks like a scary spider to me. I mean, growing up when I would see that shit on TV, I was like, Petrified. It looked real enough to me. Whereas, like, yeah, now with an adult brain in the year 2021, adult as it will ever get for me, which is, you know, a pile of fucking oatmeal up there, um, it's, it's, it doesn't look great. But it doesn't look as bad as some other shit. I don't think it looks that bad. Maybe I'm prejudiced. I mean, I definitely think when they're, like, moving. You're prejudiced? I don't know that that's the right word. <laughs> Whatever. I just have, like, an affection for this movie, but... I don't know, I think, you know, their movement does look a little bit like it's been added after the fact, but I think the actual spiders themselves, if you're just looking at the spider, I think it looks good, but also I think, as much as I'm somebody who's, like, you know, very much a champion for, like, practical effects and, like, using CGI mostly to, like, enhance your practical effects, Mm -hmm. I don't think that that really would have worked in this situation because the scale is so big for this film because there are so many spiders... They are so huge. They have them on top of cars. They have them jumping over, like, cliffs. There's a bunch of them. They're in the air. Like, that wouldn't work, really, to do anything like that with practical. You kind of have to rely on special effects and CGI for that. So I'm not mad at it. I get it. I think it's what was probably necessary to get the vision that he had. But, you know, I'm sure if they did it in 2021, it would look terrifyingly accurate. And I, I don't need that. I think I'm good with the slightly off special effects so that like part of my brain is like you know this isn't real this is fake it's okay right because if it looked really 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 good i don't think i could do it i'm trying to think of like when was the last time we got like other than and i'm sure there's probably a bunch once again not knocking them that might be like really low low budget indie movies Uh or you know um sci-fi originals but like when was the last time that we got like a theatrical release i feel like of, like, a, a big horror, like, bug movie. Well, like, I, I of, can't like, think of it. Bitsy, but that, I don't think that came to theaters. No, that was, de- that was very, like, indie, low budget. Um, let's see. Big bug But, I, I mean, I know there's, there's planning to make arachnophobia, which I, I won't even get into currently. Um, oh, I forgot which about I'm that. A, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's Wasn't still happening, James but. Wasn't attached to that or something? I think so. Um, I'm into that. I'm gonna fucking see it if it comes out. Like, for any shit that I give these movies, as I always say, like, I'm allowed to because I'm still giving them my fucking money and going to see it, so. Yeah, I mean, I really can't think of any, like, big mainstream bug movie over the last, like, five years. I'm sure there maybe. I think we're due. I think we're due for one. I mean, as somebody that, I, it will traumatize me, I'm ready. I don't think I need it. But if it comes out, my ass will be in the seat. It's just so strange to me because I feel like with all of these things where it's just like, let's like rehash the shit we yeah. already have made. They don't let shit lie for that long. 
they're like five years past we need another one so it's well, strange like to me that there hasn't been like yeah i feel like modern horror tends to go in like groups where like the early 2000s were really heavy into like you know remaking all the classics and like doing really grungy gritty mm-hmm. horror movies like saw and hostile and then we got into a period of like paranormal films were like really big with like the paranormal activity series the insidious series the conjuring series and you know i feel like we're kind of maybe starting to like branch off into like more horror that's I don't want to say, like, intellectual horror, but I feel like films like Hereditary and, like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but, like, The Night House that's coming out feels, Oh, my like God, I cannot fucking Very wait. similar, like, that kind of, like, independent, atmospheric kind of horror film. And I feel like there are little patterns that happen, but, you know. And obviously we have, like, a shark movie every fucking summer. But, yeah, we haven't had... Maybe that's why. Maybe before. because, like, you know, similar... I mean, we, we talked about this way back when we did a mini-sode for Jaws. But, I mean, the, like, Jaws sparked all of that, where it's, like, oh, yeah. you have to take, like, a, a creature that actually exists in our world and make it a horror thing, whether because it's, like, it's evil, there's a lot of them, it's really big. So I feel like all of those movies, maybe they categorize them the same thing, where you get, like, okay, because then if you're talking that, like, we had Crawl, you know, the yep. gator movie. Um, you know, Anaconda falls in that category. Like, so maybe in their head they're like as long as it's a big living creature on this earth that we like make which of course yeah we get a fucking shark movie nothing wrong with that but we get shark movies all the time i love my annual shark movie i I love my yearly shark movies i do i get very excited every time i'm like what's the new big shark movie that's coming out fuck yeah but yeah i think honestly my biggest issue i think with the special effects this movie is not how they look or not that they use digital effects. It's just that I wish there was a little more puppetry used. Because there's very only fair. one scene that I could see, and it was what, near the end of the movie, and they're, like, trying to barricade them all. And, like, the spiders are, like, punching through the fucking, like, gates. And there's, like, one close-up shot where they clearly had, like, big puppet, like, spider legs trying to, like, come through. And to me, I'm like, yeah. Like, I know what the end of this isn't real. You know, for however real you make the CGI look or whatever, like, I know, it's not real. Like, you're saying, like, you have that thing in the back of your head where it's like, it's fine, it's not, it's not real. But, like, you want those moments of, like, okay, like, if I was in a situation and that big-ass fucking hairy spider leg came through the wall and it is clearly made from real materials, that just feels realer to me. And I'm always a fan. I love puppetry. I love puppets. I love all of it. I love, once again, that falls into the practical effects category. So I just wish there was, like, a little more of that. It's 2002. I know they're going to lean heavier into visual effects. But... I think having a little more puppetry could have helped this in my eyes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it, there were definitely moments, I mean, and I don't know how much was used, if really anything other than that one scene, but like, there were definitely scenes where if they didn't use it, they could have very easily. Like, the scene, I don't know, again, if it was CGI or if it was maybe some kind of like animatronic or anything, but there was like that scene of the old man who was sitting in the recliner and the spider comes up behind him. Like, yeah, that would have been a really great moment. But again, I'm speaking out of my ass because I don't know really if that was CGI or not. But yeah, maybe a little bit more like close ups, a little intimate time with these big boys. And I can see their little hairy, hairy faces and their million eyeballs and I want to die. Um, <sighs> yeah, give, yeah. give us a little close up moment with our boys. Um, but something you brought up earlier 
when you were trying to dissect the plot of this briefly, <laughs> is that there's this random, not random, but like there is this whole like romance plot. And yeah. I watched this with Roberto. You're all familiar with Roberto at this point. Um, and for like the first half hour as they're like setting the shit up, this is happening. And I literally turned to him and I was like, why does this feel like Loki, like a really tame Lifetime movie plot or like a Nicholas Sparks plot in which it, it very much is it feels like because it's like yeah. oh like the old flame comes back to town but like she's moved on and she's so focused on her job being the sheriff of this small town that she never left but like it's like they're gonna rekindle like that's literally what it is and then like in the background it's like mm, these spiders are getting pretty big but it's like <laughs> don't worry about that right now because David Arquette is trying to woo the sheriff and I was like what an interesting, like, a lot of these movies, especially when you're basing it off the old, like, 50s, whatever the fuck movies, of um, B-Horror. There's oh, there's usually always, like, the romance element, but it's usually switched where it's, like, the man is the big gruff hero, and she's, like, screaming and has to be saved, which I will say in favor of this movie, like, it puts, like, a female, I, I do not like saying a female, it puts a woman, um, that was gross out of my mouth, it puts a woman in a, a role where, like, she has, like, she's in charge of her own fate, essentially. Like, she is the sheriff. She's the one that's doing a lot of, like, this, like, she's not standing back behind David Arquette, like, kill the spider, kill the spider! And he's, like, locking her in a room somewhere to be safe. Like, this bitch is on the front lines with a fucking shotgun taking on these spiders on top of the fact that she is, like, a single mother and she has to protect her kids on top of it. So I will say in its favor, like, it doesn't, and purposely, and they said they did this on purpose, like, they didn't want to fall into that trope of those old B-horror movies where it is, like, the woman is a prop that needs to be saved. Let me tell you, in Earth First the Spider, the entire plot of that film was just woman telling boyfriend that something's wrong, and every single step of the way, she was correct. Everything that she was saying was correct, and every time she said it, he was going, oh, honey, you're so silly. You're wrong. But then she would be right, and I was, like, literally... I just wanted to rip my brain out. But at the same time, while I agree with you in that, like, obviously having her be the sheriff, putting the woman in a power position, love that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I feel like it might have been more effective if you didn't have David Arquette's character at all. Because he does come I in agree. at the exact moment where everything happens, and he kind of, like, rallies people together and... Like, even though she is very much a strong force there, like, he kind of is the protagonist, and he kind of is the person, like, leading the charge with her, like, as a a mostly equal, like, sidekick. But I just, like, Mm -hmm. don't really see a purpose for his character other than, like, it's a love story in in addition to a spider film. And also, like, I feel like there is still that mentality of, like, we need to have the male hero... Because I, I think yeah. if you had taken his character out completely, you still would have had almost the same film of, like, a single mom who runs the sheriff's department, her two kids, her bumbling deputy, and the podcast, the radio guy who, like, talks conspiracy. Like, that's enough characters. I don't really need anybody beyond that. So, you know, fine. Bring David Arquette in. He's a star. People know the name. You know, his name recognition. It adds, like, an extra B-plot but I don't need it. I don't really think it adds anything in particular. And I think if anything, it takes away a little bit from the fact that she is like a strong female lead. I agree a thousand percent. I agree a thousand percent because yeah, they bring him in. And I think like at first there's like, okay, 
Why is he here? Yeah. Like, who the fuck is he? Like, he shows up at this woman's house. What the fuck? I wrote her name down. What the fuck is her name? Uh, Gladys. He goes to Gladys' house, and she's, like, telling him to get lost, and he, like, tells her who she is. Like, it's unclear to me. I can't even... Maybe they said it, and I, like, literally passed she's through me. His aunt. His aunt. But, like... So you're like, okay, why the fuck is he here? And then there's, like, a meeting at the mall where we establish, like, the mall being Bill and this one motherfucker that, like, wants to sell the mines. And then we, we, because David Arquette comes all in, like, I'm not going to do this. Where we find out that, like, he, because his dad owns the mines or some shit, yeah, and his dad's dead, so now he owns the mines. Yeah, his dad, like, dying in the mines, and, like, that is, like, a whole other plot point of, like, his fate is almost the same as his dad's except with spiders. And I'm like, why are we doing so much? It's, it's just, like, it was, un, it's, like, so fucking unnecessary. Like, like, like you're saying, too, it's, like, even, they could have easily done it where it's, like, this fucking guy, this big wig, whatever, is trying to come out of this small town and, um, very similar, actually, to Werewolves Within. Um, oh, yes, true. Which we will be talking about eventually on this podcast. Don't y'all yes. worry about it. Anyways, um... But where, like, somebody comes in and they're trying to, like, buy up this property. And it could be something where it's, like, somehow multiple people in the town own stake in the mines. Or somehow the whole town owns the mine. And, like, yeah, so you don't need David Arquette's character. And I feel like they knew that. And then it was, like, well, he has to be the sole owner of the mine. So that's why he's here. And it's, like, okay. But, yeah, I mean, putting David Arquette in this role. I remember I literally wrote this note down because I was, like, Am I missing something? I literally wrote, does David Arquette have boyish charm? I was like, I don't get it. Like, I really no. don't get it. Like, they're putting him as a romantic lead. They're putting him as a lead of a movie. And then I feel like you think about Dewey in Scream, which the way David Arquette plays Dewey, which is why they did it in Scary Movie, but then in turn, I've had some people in my life that are like, they've done the same thing as me, where like, I will call Dewey Doofy. Yeah. Like, I'll mix him up because, like, he just plays such a fucking, like, bumbling idiot. Well, he even has a score that's, like, the, like, I don't know how to do that. I, you know, I can't do scores off the top of my head. But, like, Dewey has his own score in Scream that's, like, very, like, bumbly and kind of, like, westernish, And it's, like, he's, like, a little cowboy that's, like, going yeah. on the trail. And it's very, like, I don't take you seriously with this score playing. Every time that you fucking walk across the screen and you have this, like, you know, furrowed brow and you're looking for Gale... I don't take him seriously. I mean, I love and it works perfectly in Scream because the whole point is right. like they're mocking him. But then even in Scream, like fucking Courtney Cox, Gail Weathers, like legitimately, like I'm trying to fuck Deputy Dewey, <laughs> and it's like, girl, what? What are you see? Because it's not like he's intelligent. It's not like he's particularly funny. And I'm not saying that David Arquette is ugly, but it's like that's what I'm asking. I'm like, what am I missing that the rest of y'all I mean, in you the two thousands were clearly seeing? You're gonna have to talk to Courtney because not only did her character fall in love with him, but she fell in love with him too. So clearly, there's something about David that we're just not seeing. I'm missing something. David, what is the fucking secret to your sauce? Because like I, I would really like <laughs> to know. I hated that. You made it dirtier than it was intended to be. It sounds like um, it's coming from you. <laughs> Listen. Anyways. Also in this movie, I also made a note. At one point, fucking his aunt is, like, unloading groceries or some shit. Mind you, only people in this fucking house he's living in is his, like, 70-year-old over the fuck aunt and him, grown man. And she fucking unpacks Captain Crunch Crunchberry cereal. Hell yeah. And I was like... Who the fuck is eating the Crunchberry? I would eat that, whatever. Give me I think Crunchberry is gross. I love Captain Crunch. Don't get it twisted. That shit is delicious. Crunchberry literally tastes like vomit. I'll say it. I don't 
have much of an opinion, but I'll eat it if it's in front of me. I was just like, once again, I feel like possibly it's meant to be comical, but it was like, right. it was such a small thing that I was like, <laughs> it's not blatant enough where they're like, look at this, haha, he eats children's cereal. It was just like in the background. And I was like, mm, wait a minute. I Who love the that. fuck is eating the captain here? That's but cool. yeah, I, I don't think that David Arquette was necessary other than you're saying kind of like to pull in an audience with star power. Because yeah, yeah other than that, like at that point, None of these other people in this movie, like, even if you knew them from other stuff, they did not have the same height of star power as David Arquette had coming off of Scream and other shit. Like, obviously, Scar Jo we talked about, but her career had not launched in in any capacity like that yet. So... Yeah. And they were clearly and, not willing to give Tom Noonan any kind of fucking credit, so they had to rely. Un-fucking credited. Um, they had to <laughs> But, um... Something I brought up in our opening, which I'd like to come back to, was that there's children in this movie, Mm -hmm. um, which they definitely don't kill. Spoiler. They don't fucking kill any of them. They kill plenty of fucking ostriches, not a single fucking child. I knew that would fucking burn your biscuits, Alice. I know you love dead kids so much. Um, (laughs) You know what? That's going to be a fucking soundbite. I... I'm not ready for it. That they're going to use against you, not me, for once. Listen, um, I, just, I actually just watched a movie, like, two nights ago, where they had a really, really prolonged scene of a dead child's body propped up at the kitchen table, like, eating cereal. What movie was this? It was Terrified. It's on Shudder. Oh, oh, um, oh, It was... The film itself was not, like, anything to write home about, but the there were so many creepy images in that film that, like, it was a very haunting film. And mm-hmm. there's, like a whole segment where like there's a boy who died and they dig him up and they like he's propped up at the table with like a big thing of milk and it is so scary looking but at the same time i was like fucking yeah you don't you have so such big balls i fucking live for this like i just think movies that are not afraid to push that envelope i'm like i'm just really for it because you show so much despicable shit and horror all the time but like that's the thing that people draw the line at, but that happens in real life, and I'm okay with seeing things that happen in real life if they make sense in the context of the film. And I feel like it's just so easy to, like, slaughter a fucking dog, but then say, no, no, the kid can't die. And, like, obviously I don't want either of them to die, but it's a fucking movie, and just be a big, right. be a big girl and just kill the kid, you know? Thank you, The Blob. I don't want to name too many movies that kill kids, because it'll be a spoiler, but there are some good ones out there. But I don't think fucking 2002... Contact me directly for my top 10 yes. dead kids list. I can give you guys some really good recommendations on films that have some really creepy dead kids if you want them. Um, some of my favorite movies of the last few years, honestly. Um, but I don't think that 2002's mainstream eight-legged freaks is really the market for slaughtering children. Well, I don't the think thing, the main public would be happy with that. Well, I think in general, and this leads back to what I'm talking to, is the movie is PG-13. Right. That you you can get kind of gauge that pretty early on when they don't like here's the thing they fucking set up this kid Mike and he goes to the fucking like spider whatever the fuck ranch uh, already in this scene spiders are somehow getting out of the cages which makes logically no fucking sense in the plot at that point because like they're not like there's like there's literally just like spiders like crawling on the fucking ceiling at one point and you're like how well because like, one spider they show that like the he when he was like showing Mike 
like he didn't like fully close the lid and i'm like am i supposed right. to believe that in addition to growing big these spiders got really smart and he knew how to like open each other spider's cage and like let them all out right like it's one thing for the one spider to get out but like suddenly every fucking cage in there is like unlocked but like essentially then even after that because like that whole scene is like uh joshua gets attacked by the spiders we come back to him later he's like fucking like the mummy yeah. In, like, cobwebs. But Mike walks into this place where the body is, and it's, like, a perfect scene of, like, okay, so kill Mike. Like, kill the child. <laughs> no, like, literally, like, kill Mike. We already yeah. have a Scar Joe's here. It's not like we're killing every kid. We still get the whole, like, single mom still has a kid to protect. And then it, like, adds more stakes for her because, like, where is my son? Then she'll find out that this – perfect reason, again, if they did this, they didn't need David Arquette because then she has a vengeance thing of, like, I have to avenge my fucking son. Like, well, also- all of it – they could have even, like, wrapped him up and brought him to the the female spider and then just had, like, the whole plot point being, like, I gotta get my son back. He's oh, in right. the mind. Like, very much like Newt and Aliens when she gets taken and Ripley's yep. like, she's not dead, they don't kill her. And they're, and Hicks is like, bitch, we need to get the fuck off the ship. Um, don't even get me started on Aliens. I could talk about Aliens forever. But, um, yeah, no, I agree completely with that. And... But I think it all comes back to the PG-13 rating, which makes sense in the context. But also, I think, once again, on top of me talking about, like, I wish they'd use more puppets, I think that a PG-13 rating really ended up hurting this. I mean, like, I don't need it to go hard in the motherfucking paint with Carnage. But at the same time, it's like, if it wasn't PG-13, if it was a light R, I think there could have been a little bit more done that would have, like, heightened this for me. Even if it still wasn't a fucking masterpiece, I don't think it was ever going to be able to touch arachnophobia. But, like, to make it more watchable and more entertaining for me. Obviously, clearly, Alex liked it. Um, But, yeah. Uh, This is an example of me coming around to you on being like, why are the children alive? Murder (laughs) them. Um, Uh. But on the topic of kids, coming back to something you said earlier when you were talking about... um, Earth versus the spider and how, like, you know, the woman in the film was like, this is happening, this is happening, and no one believes her. It's that with the kid in this, with Mike, and there's even a scene after he finds, like, a shedded, like, leg of one of the huge spiders, and he, like, has it in the truck, because, like, David Arquette, like, picks him up to, like, take him home, because he sees him on the fucking side of the road or some shit, and he's talking about, like, this is a spider leg, and David Arquette's like, "Mm, it's a little big to be a spider leg. He's like, I think it's a cactus fucking moron um literally brought him back to be dumb as per usual um but and then the kid literally says like oh like they never believe kids blah blah blah. like a classic like and they're not gonna believe you now either but we're we're no we're making note of it and that makes it meta somehow (laughs) but i think in general which is frustrating in this movie and every other horror movie it's like come the it's the 2000s right we've passed scream we're at the self-awareness point in horror films like why don't they believe this kid? Like, at this point, like, if, as I brought up earlier, if I'm a great mother, if I have children, if my kids tell me shit, and maybe this will lead me down a bad rabbit hole, but you know what? Better safe than sorry. My friends tell me they're talking to somebody I can't see in the fucking house. My oh, yeah. fucking kids tell me they hear something in the attic. My kids tell me they see the fucking spider went under their bed the size of a fucking small dog. Get up. Pack your shit. We're leaving. Mommy believes you. I support you in everything that you say. 
And I'm not fucking taking chances. We're not doing a fucking Carol Ann Poltergeist moment, bitch. Turn the TV off and get in a fucking car. Like, I don't get, I don't get it. If my kids are like, there's a man in the closet, I'm gonna go, okay, get in the car. I'm calling the cops. I'm not fucking checking your closet. I believe no, you. No, I'm not going to go, you're silly, honey. Look, nobody's here and pull a fucking had a Halloween nightmare. reboot. Yeah. yeah. No. Mm-mm. You tell me that there's a fucking ghoul in my house, I'm going to sage the fuck out of it, and I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to cleanse that house or fucking move, because I will believe you in a drop, the drop of a hat. You tell, me there's, you tell me you got visited at night by aliens? Oh my god, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Let's move. Done. I mean, on my own, being home alone in places where I've, like, lived for so long, I know they're not haunted, I know nothing's wrong, it's in a safe place. The second I'm home alone, my brain is like, something's here. I I, I don't need any help with that. So then put in, like, a small child that I just feel like children a lot of times are in tune to shit that we are not because their brains are not clouded with other shit yet. And they're telling me something's here or something's amok. Why would I go, oh, you silly small human, your brain is less developed. No, your brain is actually somehow more developed than mine. Your, your fucking frequency radio up there is tuned into something I'm not, and I'm going to take your word for it. Let's go. Yeah. So anytime in these movies where it's like the kid is literally sh- – okay, imagine you are fucking David Arquette. You pick up this fucking kid on the side of the road, like a family friend. They show you that, and they tell me it's a spider leg. You know what? It looks enough like it could be a big spider leg. Even though I haven't seen a spider that big, I don't, I don't need, he's literally showing you physical proof and you're like, I don't know, looks like a crispy cactus. Yeah. Literally, what are you talking about? We are driving the fuck out of Arizona today. Yeah, I would have believed him in a fucking heartbeat. I would have been like, also get that out of my face because that's disgusting. That yeah, it's going out the like, Yeah, no. I, I don't understand the mentality of like adults thinking that children just have a vivid imagination or they they dreamt it it's like okay those are two things that do happen kids do have good imaginations and maybe they do dream things but like first of all it's you're not i don't think it's good parenting to tell your kids that you don't believe them because they're not going right. to come to you with other things in the future if something else happens but also like why do you think that you know better than them when they had the experience and you didn't and That's there's definitely ridiculous there's definitely a difference between, like, your little kid, and you can, you should be able to tell. I mean, hopefully you have a good enough relationship with your kid where you, like, know. Where, like, if your kid's coming to you and they're, they're on, like, you know, silly, goofy mode, mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, I'm talking to my best friend, and, like, he, like, um, is giant, and he's purple, and he shoots fire right. from his mouth, where you're, like, and they're, like, you know, trying to stifle a little laugh, like, they know they're being silly, and they want to see what, how much, how far they can take it with you. Then you know it's, like, okay, yeah, sure thing, babe. But if it's, like, your kid, and it's always these movies, these kids, like, fucking, like, deadpan and, like, not giggling, they're just, like, my friend Rory. My friend Rory that lives in the closet with a, you know, their head isn't on. And you're, yeah. like, I, no, no, they're no, like, no, 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 no. Dr. Preston's in the basement. He doesn't have any eyes. And I'm, like, oh, my God. Get out of there. Like, I believe well, you. we're going to have to uh, write Dr. Preston because we're leaving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, no, I I can't with that shit. So, that was a part in this movie where I was like, I know y'all are trying to be self-aware, but, like, they never believe the kids. And I'm like, there is every fucking reason in the world to believe this kid right now. And you're just like, also, he's kind of, like, he got, he picked him up on the highway after he left a spider farm that got, like, destroyed. Like, he came from a spider farm. And he's telling you, this is a spider leg. Why wouldn't you believe that? Like, I don't get it. 
no. I can't. But there's also a moment in this movie where it's just, like, in general, like, it's just, like, this shit in movies also. Because at some point, Mike gets in trouble for something. And he's, like, in his bedroom. Full fucking TV in his bedroom. And he's this young. I wish. Never. I, I had it. I had a TV my whole But life. then what kills me is his mom is, like, grounding him. She's like, stay in your fucking room, whatever the fuck. Turns the TV off and she's like, no TV. Leaves the room. Now, if I even had a TV that in my room, that would not happen. No, it, it would happen. be. No. You're gonna watch me as I fucking unplug this TV from the wall. I don't care if I damage the wires in the process. You can maybe have this back in a week. They would not go. You're grounded in your room. Don't turn on that TV because they know they would know. I would turn on the lowest fucking volume yeah. so they couldn't hear me, and I would sit glued to it so I could hear it still. Like you're not telling me I'm not watching TV. So that was just like another moment where I was like, y'all are doing the worst job with these kids. Like I know you're a single mom and David Arquette. I know that your head is empty, but like, calm the fuck on. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Ugh, but I mean, there are some crazy. There's some ridiculous fun scenes in this. The number one, I feel like, being the motocross versus spiders versus an oil tanker scene. Which I feel like is probably one of, if not the most notable scenes in the movie. Because it's, like, the big action scene in which ScarJo's, like, sort of boyfriend, who's, like, a cunt, is, like, out with his friends on, like, motocross bikes, like, doing shit in the desert. Out of nowhere, this, like, swarm of jumping spiders they're like at a gas station or something like come out of nowhere so then they're like racing the jumping spiders on like motocross bikes and then in the process at the end of this they like cross the highway as an oil tanker is passing so of course the jumping spiders jump on the oil tanker flip it over and it blows up yeah and i would say probably yeah that's probably the and best all the spiders are like <laughs> oh my god yes you brought this up they literally have these spiders making such Interesting noises. Like, they're doing, like, the minion noises, but then Roberto at one point put it out. It was so funny. It was near the end when they're, like, hoarding the mall and they're, like, stampeding. One thing he pointed out was one spider is, like, leading the charge. It's, like, up on a car or something, and with one of its eight legs, it's doing the, like, come on motion with its arm. really? Yes! Like, telling the other spiders, like, this way, this way, and it's, like... I what love the that. fuck? The one that I noticed that made me laugh was at one point a spider has jumped on somebody, and once again, because it's PG-13, we never see, like, flesh being ripped. The most we get is, like, ah, screaming, 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 as they're being, like, webbed up to be brought to the queen. Um, but where did I write this down? This one spider literally punches a guy. Like, it takes no. its own leg, and it's punching. And not only is it punching him, they literally have, like, punching sound effects. Like, it's like, poof, poof. That was like that was punching my pick for best kill. <laughs> well, we can come back to it. No, it's but like I, I really was like, I love it. Wow, choices are being made. Yeah, it's it just like moment. I think one thing. Nope. What were you gonna say? No, go ahead. I was gonna say I think overall with this movie, why overall it doesn't quite work for me is because it's kind of the two things, but it's also the same thing as like tonally, it it never fully gets its footing because it is very much supposed to be a comedy but there are also these scenes like especially in the beginning when they're trying to set up this romance thing where I'm like I almost needed you to lean full comedy from the beginning Mm. for this to work for me or like 
don't even give into the comedy at all. Like, let the comedy play from, like, the fact that it's, like, B-horror. Like, yeah. it's, like, when I think of, like, the cat scene, of, like, the cat boxing the spider in the wall. Like, to me, I was, like, obviously this is meant to be comical, but it just feels, like, so, like, isn't this zany? That I was, like, <laughs> oh, okay. But I think when you look at the story from beginning to end, all the story beats are there. Like, they are. You get, like, the the setting it up, okay, now shit's happening, the finale, like, A, B, and C are set up just how you're, you're taught they're supposed to be, so in theory, it should work to a certain extent. It, it's just that, like, I don't know, there's some, there's not, David Arquette's secret fucking boyish sauce is not what this movie has, because it's, it just felt boring a lot of the time. There is a little bit of a disconnect with the tone. I agree that, like, sometimes it's very tongue-in-cheek. It really leans into the camp. And, like, that's when I have fun with it where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, we're just being stupid. These are crazy spiders. But, yeah, then they do have, like, other plot lines that they kind of play really seriously. And I'm like, I don't care about the politics of this town. I don't care about the history of the sheriff's ex-boyfriend and why David Arquette left. Like, I don't care. That's not what it came to this movie for. I get that you're trying to, like, pad it and, like, make it more fleshed out. But, like, just just do the zany spider thing. Like, that's what I'm here for. It's a movie called Eight-Legged Freaks. I'm here to see the fucking freaks, baby. I'm here to watch that spider attack the deer head on the wall, realize it's not human, and go, like, that's what I'm here for. That was a perfect impression. Thank you. I love Um, that. And then, yeah, like, shit, like, with the uh, the radio host, where it, like, and, like, once again, the formula, in theory, works, where it's, like, doing a callback joke, like, doing it in threes or whatever, but, like, making, like, the anal probing joke, which isn't offensive to me, I'm not, like, that's offensive, but it's just, like, no, of course, like, we're talking about aliens, so this guy that's, like, alien-obsessed has to be worried about getting something shoved up his ass, and they, like, bring it back. Oh, no, literally, it's, like, such 2000s comedy, like, and they bring it back, like, three different times, and he's, like, well, I didn't, if you're wondering, like, I didn't get anally probed, and it's, like, I'm not wondering. (laughs) Don't give a fuck. Stop. Um, Your asshole is on anybody's, on anybody's mind, let me tell you. I promise. But, and then, of course, the one thing that, at the end, literally made me holler, holler, similarly, I will say another 2000s movie hustle back 2005 which is everything is said and done we're closing it out we come to the credits and what is playing over the fucking credits but like an alternative fucking cover of itsy bitsy spider i literally was out of breath i was like shut the fuck up it's a banger. I fucking live. I was like, good for you guys. Yeah, fucking. Is it on Spotify? That's the question. Remind me that this is a campy, ridiculous piece of shit that I love by playing fucking Itsy Bitsy Spider as if it was done by like a fucking 1999 like rock band. I fucking live. Right. It was great. Ugh. Ugh. So funny. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot I could I could talk about in this movie of like shit that like doesn't quite make sense or add up. Like when they fucking leave the mine in the end, they blow that shit the fuck yeah. up to heaven. Like to the point where like as they're coming out, they're like engulfed in the flames for a moment. They make it out of the mine. Not only is there no flames on them, like they don't even do the little like ooh, 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 got, like pat out this little flame I got caught. None of that. They're they're not singed. There's no, no soot. It's like they just fucking got off the fucking, you know, Pacific Coast Highway after a nice, you know, drive. I was like, 
How the fuck are you not affected at all? You blew up a mine. A mine with spiders that we know when they are killed explode green goo. And you're just perfectly yeah. clean. I think they used all their budget up to that point and they were like, all right, let's just yeah. do it. You're, you're probably right. Explosion. Oh my god. Before I forget, I made note of this. You might not agree, but I stand firm on this. Like, I, that's how I feel when I was watching it. The ScarJo scene, another very popular, well-known scene in this movie, as we're talking about. Spider comes in through the window. She's, like, frozen. She's in a towel. Very important. She's in a fucking towel just out. I don't know if she's about to get in the shower. She's just out of the shower. It doesn't matter. And Spider crawls in, gets up in this bitch's face, and then, like, proceeds to, like, web her all over her face and her body, stick her to the wall. It felt outrageously obscene to me because it just felt like there was some underlying, like, innuendo there of, like, to be fucking blatant, her getting, like, cum all over her fucking face. Because it is, like, this, like, moment of, like, this young girl in her bedroom, already a vulnerable state, in a towel now, and they're having the spider crawl through the fucking window, very Romeo and Juliet, very much when you, like, see, like, oh, the boyfriend sneaks in through the window, except it's a huge-ass fucking spider, and she's terrified, and then the first thing it does, doesn't jump on her, doesn't try to bite her, just, like, fucking webbing this bitch up, like, all over her face. It just feels very obscene. And I I think because I saw this movie so many times as, a, as like a child that is not ever anything that like came to my brain right like I was like it's a spider and it's taking her with it like I you know that was just like scary to me and so like even like when I would think about it before rewatching it like it, like I never really thought about it any other way but like rewatching it as an adult woman yeah there's obviously that like subtext of this spider like shooting a white web at her and like assaulting her and t- trying to like take her so right. I think I think that was like very on purpose. Um, again, I think it's very two thousands kind of behavior. Um, yeah, but and I don't think that moment is played for laughs at all. I think that moment is supposed to be taken like very. I mean, seriously. it's just like supposed to be creepy. Like, oh my god, isn't that like the worst? And, like, isn't that so scary? Yeah. Isn't that horrifying? But like, yeah, there's definitely you know underlying subtext there with like the fact that she is a young woman. That is her room. She is half naked. And she's defenseless. Like, absolutely. Well, because they bring up in her storyline earlier with this boy that she's seeing Mm -hmm. that seemingly seems nice until a certain scene. And her mom is like, be careful. Here's a taser. Use it against him. And she's like, mom, I don't fucking need this. And then there's a scene where she's in his, like, pickup truck. And essentially he's trying. He wants to have sex with her. And she's like, I don't want to. And he keeps pushing himself on her. And thus she uses the taser, kicks him out of his own car. And is like fuck you where like so it already feels like they're setting up the whole like not that she's afraid of sex or anything but like she's a young girl who's not ready for sex yet and here's a boy who she really likes in her life trying to push it on her to the point where she has to shove him off of her and then her big scene in the movie is like i'm in a towel and getting like white web all over my fucking face like it's hard to not make that comparison yeah i think I think we're supposed to make that comparison. I don't know if it's saying anything against it or if it's just, like, being like, here's another moment of, like, you know, this happening to her because right. she's a young woman. I don't know what the intent behind it was, if there really was anything, or if it was just fucking dumb men being like, well, yeah, because, like, sometimes I feel like it could be easy to understand in my brain that, like, men can just write shit like that and not really recognize what they've done. But, like, 
they know, right. like, deep down, you know? But who knows? I mean, yeah. I definitely think that you read that scene correctly. I think that is, if you didn't read it that way. Because then, I mean, they have I David Arquette. Surprised. It feels like they try to lessen it a little, like, to, like, ease that blow. Because then, like, a minute or so later, David Arquette tries to come in and help her. And he also gets webbed, and it doesn't feel, like, in a sexual nature. Because now it's like, oh, well, the spider's just webbing everyone in its path. But it's like, nah, I know what happened. I was there for the scene where she was by herself, and it doesn't feel right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was all the big stuff I wanted to talk about with Eight-Legged Freak, so it feels like it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, which is the Q and Slay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> Imagine everyone turned, they're like, we hate this, and they turn it off now. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, time to uh, pause and never come back. Well, too fucking bad. Um, I have decided that I guess I'm going to start for no reason. Go for um, it. What is your favorite kill in this film? There are a lot of them. Okay. But none of them this really stand one, out at the same time. They don't, but this one stood out to me because it was very much, as I was watching, so they said, I didn't see it since I was, like, a child. And I honestly came to the conclusion that I think I watched, like, the kind of first half of the movie and then either, like, got so fucking freaked out that I turned it off most of the time. So, like, I'm sure I've seen this movie full through once or, like, seen parts of it, but, like, I don't, I didn't remember much of the latter half of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beginning I did, like, I remembered, like, Mike walking into the spider, like, wh- whatever the fuck it is, spider ranch. Like, I remember that motherfucker dying then, which is not my choice for kill, the kill that I remember that I was like, this is deeply ingrained in my mind, was they have workers down in the mine doing God knows fucking what. I don't even fucking remember. It doesn't matter. And he's like, has like a fucking shop vac or like some something vacuum-like. And he's sucking shit up. And he sucks something up and the vacuum gets stuck. and Or something like that. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? It's stuck. And you know it's gonna happen the second it happens. He puts the tube of this oh, vacuum thing yeah. to his... As it was happening, I was living to Roberto. I was like, oh my god, this is the scene. This is the scene that fucking traumatized me. He puts the fucking vacuum to his mouth and is like... I don't even know if he's sucking or blowing. It doesn't fucking matter. Because the spider is like... It, the big spider's in it. It's moving up the tube, crawling up. And you just see on his face like, okay, clearly the spider has now moved into his mouth. So he like drops the vac and his cheeks are all puffed up like he's holding water in his mouth. And you're like, oh god, oh god. And then he's like terrified out of his mind and he opens up his mouth and out come like all the eight legs as like the big spider like emerges from his mouth. And like we don't even see the guy die per se. Like I think he either just like in theory drops dead perhaps or he's like webbed up later it doesn't matter but like that to me was like the most traumatizing part of the movie like that was probably the point when I was a kid where I was like oh I thought I could do this I can't do this turn it (laughs) off um but when that happened when I rewatched I was like deep so deeply ingrained in my mind I didn't I didn't even know it so yeah I would say the uh spider in your mouth kill moment would be the one for me yeah, that's a really good one. I I don't want spiders anywhere near me, and I absolutely don't want them inside of me. So, <laughs> truly, that's just, like, hell on earth. Um, like I was saying, I don't think that there are a ton of, like, standout individual kills. I think that they mm-hmm. do a lot of, like, group montages that are really good. Um, right. We've already talked about two of my potential answers, which were the spider getting literally punched, uh, the spider punching the man in the face, which just right. fucking sends me. Um, and the entire sequence of the motocross bikes is, like, really well done. 
Right. But I will say, aside from those two, I really am fond of, it's not one kill, it's like a series of kills, but there's a moment where everyone, once like the spiders have descended on the town, everyone is starting to realize, oh my god, there's fucking huge spiders. And everybody who's in this diner is like trying to get to their car to like escape. And I don't know what kind of spider it is, but as people are running all across like the dirt, you just see these spiders emerge, like pop, like fucking uh, whack-a-moles like out of the ground and just like grab people and just like shut, like pull them down into the dirt with them, like underground. And that shit fucking terrifies me. Mm. I, oh my God, just like walking and then the earth opening up and this massive spider just like grabbing your leg and pulling you in. No, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. And they do that, like, three or four times, and it's effective every time because, like, you're following somebody running, and, like, in the background, you can, like, see people just, like, getting shoved into the earth. Like, so, so creepy. I love it. So, I think as a whole, that's probably my favorite. Nice, nice. All right, well, what's your favorite line of this movie? Okay. Well, (laughs) there's some good shit in this. Well, first of all, one of them was absolutely David Arquette going, you eight-legged freaks. Right, so yeah. Stupid. But I have two others. Um, one is a line that I just like, which was um, early on Joshua is trying to teach Mike about spiders and their behaviors, and he's explaining that, like, you know, the male spiders bring back prey for the female spiders, and whoever, like, brings back the best prey, like, wins, basically, for the female. And he says... You see, the prey is cocooned alive so she can eat them in her nest. You know how much women like breakfast in bed. And at yes. the moment I was like, is that, why Why are you saying that? But also I do fucking love breakfast in bed. He's right. Like I can't even be mad about it. I do. So I just, I don't know why. I just, that stood out to me and I was like, I do love breakfast in bed. Now I want to have breakfast in bed. Um, but obviously the best line in the movie, I like, it's, there's no question in my brain, the best line in the film, it doesn't make any fucking sense, and Greg and I have been screaming about it for, like, a full week, which is when David Arquette is on the fucking motorcycle with his old-ass aunt behind him, and they're riding through the mine, and the explosion happens, you know, you have to have that, that one-liner after you've killed the big bad, and right. I don't know why, but David Arquette just yells, adios, Consuela, and I... Fucking, I just stared at Greg, and he. it took him, like, a few seconds, and I was like, did he just say adios, Consuela? What the fuck does that mean? And we watched it, like, five times. I don't get it, but I fucking love it. Adios, Consuela. Like, so much passion in his voice. He really meant it. I don't know why that's her name. I know she's the big mama spider. I don't know. It's I like, just... even if, like, that spider was named by Joshua, like, earlier in the film. how would you film, know that? But that's the thing, it's like, even if we miss that, it's like, why the fuck would David Arquette know what the spider's name is? And why is he speaking Spanish? It doesn't make any sense, but I think it's fucking hilarious. One thing, it just feels like one of those lines where, like, it would be in, like, a skit, where it's like, you know, like, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. She's like, hey, throw some words together, like, and look like a badass. And, like, one of them is just like, adios, Consuela. Like, like, it literally feels like a parody. Yeah. They're like, David, take that sauce of yours and just, like... Come up Give with us the that best boys one sauce on this line. And his best one liner was "Adios, Consuela." Yeah, Lord have Incredible. mercy. <sighs> I mean, you took two of my lines really? that I had written, yeah, which was obviously eight legged freaks and you know women like breakfast in bed. That's but so one funny. line that I liked because like I was like, 
Ain't It So True, is by ScarJo in the scene after she pushes the, well, she tases a motherfucker in his nuts and then kicks him out of the car. And she's, like, trying, he's like, that's my car, I'm blah, blah, blah. And she's, like, in a driveway with his car. And she's like, I can't believe my mom was right about you. Do you have any idea how embarrassing that is? I was like, so true, bestie, yeah. so true. And then another line is, once again, this is clearly made to, like, be referential and to be funny, but, like, they're calling, like, I don't even know, the National Guard or fucking somebody to be like, they're the big spiders or whatever, and David Arquette is on the line, scream, like, trying to climb up something away from these big spiders, and he's like, it's an invasion! They're here! They're here! And he's just, like, doing, like, classic, yeah. like, David Arquette, um, <laughs> which I appreciated at that point. But yeah, I would say those are my favorite lines. It has it has a good amount of lines because of the fact that it is trying to be a humorous film, yeah. and it is poking fun at itself to a certain degree that, like, the dialogue is by no means, like, highbrow. No. Adios Consuela, example number one. No, but it's memorable. It is memorable. Oh, um, so... Who of this delightful cast would be your partner in fighting off these big eight-legged freaks? The thing is, like, this was one of the times it was the hardest to answer this question. Not because there were so many options, but because no, none of them. I like, agree. N- none of them? Like, what the fuck? I ended up saying a blanket statement of, like, the kids. Kind of going back to what I had said originally, where it's like, I do believe the kids, so you know what? That would save my... I don't give a fuck about saving everybody else. I'm not trying to be a hero. Don't get it twisted. I am not trying to be a fucking hero. I'm trying to save my ass Mm -hmm. and, you know, anyone around me that is willing to listen. So, yeah, if I pick up this fucking kid in the car, they show me a big-ass spider leg, and they're like, something's wrong. You're fucking right it is. We're going to go scoop up mom, and we're going to fucking leave. And you know what? If y'all don't want to... Thanks for the fucking tip. I'm leaving, partner. So, yeah, I'm definitely partnering with the kids. Also because it's a fucking PG-13 movie, so I'm with the kids. I'm not going to fucking die. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I think Mike is kind of the obvious answer because, like, he has all of this knowledge about different species of spiders and, like, he is just a good person to have at your side because he can help you, like, figure out what you need. But if I'm not going to go with him, if I'm going to go with anybody that's not because they're your partners they're taken i'm left with everyone else um (laughs) you can also say the kids we can be a whole fucking quad it's hard because like part of me wants to take the sheriff because she's a strong woman she has guns but i don't know there's just like a weird like rat part of my brain that is like i want the radio host conspiracy theorist because he probably also has a lot of knowledge about really random shit i love a good conspiracy when we're hiding out he can tell me some fun facts he has access to a radio station people will believe him after the fact so and i thought he was cool i liked his character aside from all the anal probing stuff um yeah you know so i i think i'd hang out with that dude you know and then at the worst case you know we get overcome by spiders i think i could probably outrun him and I'll just let them take him. You're always about that outrunning. You're always about that tripping the motherfucker you're with and leaving them for dead. And I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. All right. So now it's time for our original questions. Um, So I guess I will lead us in. So before I can ask you this question, I have to have you recall. Obviously, Scar Joe's. We've talked many a time during this recording. Big name in Hollywood now. Wasn't so much when she did this, but is now probably the most notable person of his cast. 
you might recall, I hope you were aware of this, that obviously ScarJo, I mean, probably a few years back now, got in a little bit of trouble, got herself a little bit of hot water because when she was taking a bunch of roles for, you know, characters that were originally meant to be like Asian American, there was the the one that really tipped the scales was when she was going to play a transgender man um, and people were like, what the fuck? And then she was like, well, Jared Little and these people did it. And it's like, yeah, we didn't want them to do it either, ScarJo. <laughs> what the fuck? Stop. Um, she was quoted in an interview be- saying shit like, I think as an actor, I should be able to play any person, animal, or tree, like, on some, like, next-level idiot shit of, like, essentially her whole point being, like, you're an actor and, like, art should be separate from political correctness. Like, you know, some fucking dumb shit. The point has gone straight over her head. Literally. So, apparently Miss Garjo thinks she can play and should be able to play any goddamn thing under the fucking sun. So my question for you is, do you think ScarJo could pull off playing a giant spider? I, I saw it coming a mile away, and I'm, I still wasn't ready for it. I um, mean... I mean, she thinks that she could. I mean, she does... Ha- I do, aside from all of that, you know, stuff that she said that I don't agree with, and, you know, of all of the roles, like Ghost in the Shell, where I'm like, why are you playing that? You know, I... I'm not really here for all of that nonsense, but aside from that, I do think that she's a good actress. I enjoy watching her on screen. I think she's really good in Lost in Translation, as I said. I think she was really good in um, Under the Skin, and I do think that she has a range. So, you know, if you put her in, like, um, an Andy Circus type of outfit and then let her just crawl around, you know what? I'm not going to say that she can't. I'm not going to hold her back. Who am I? To dictate what Scarlett Johansson can accomplish, she's Black Widow. I'm not Black Widow. She black. She is Black Widow. You're mm-hmm. so right. You know, she's already getting prepared for it. So check she's out the next the Marvel work. film where she just transforms into a tarantula. Yeah, it's her. Actually, it's Loki and Eight Legged Freak sequel. Yeah. The thing we never got. That's a very left field question, um, and I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Um. Do you want to respond or do you want me to ask my next question? I, I'm going to be honest with you. Even though she does play Black Widow, I, I'll go as far as to say I don't think she has the chops. I don't think she has the chops to play a big spider because she doesn't, as far as I've been made to see, she doesn't have the physical comedy range <laughs> to be a big spider. I'm fucking saying how, this is the God's honest truth and I know y'all agree. I know y'all can't fight me on this. She doesn't have the physical comedy range and she doesn't really have the horror range either. Like, when, I mean, I may be missing something. I mean, she did Under the Skin. But even then, like, that's a different type of, like, horror baddie, horror villain. I don't think she has the pure, like, gremlins level, like, carnage and mayhem, evil chops within her to also pull off being a big spider. Like, especially specifically in this Eight-Legged Freaks universe, yeah, she doesn't have the comedy chops, she doesn't have the horror chops that I think she would need to fully body the role of one of the Eight-Legged Freaks. Fair. I'm just somebody, I feel like, if unless I've seen you do something like that, until I see what you're capable of, I'm not going to say that you can't do it, because there are so many actors that, like, a really random example, I just watched Olive Santa Clarita Diet, and if you had told me so that Timothy Oliphant was an incredibly funny comedic actor, I would have been like, Timothy Oliphant? What? No. He was so fucking funny, and I didn't realize he could be as funny as he was. So, you know, 
I'm trying to not determine people's abilities when they haven't done that yet. Because, I don't know, she could come into a horror film and fucking pull a Tony Collette level. She might not. She probably won't. But you never know. The opportunity and potential That's is still true. there because I haven't seen it yet. You know? Ugh. How little it would take to turn this episode into me thirsting over Timothy Oliphant. I know, me too. <laughs> Fuck, I love Timothy like Oliphant. Really um, Dog, yeah, I'm so, telling you, Santa Clarita, plug, quick plug. I mean, Netflix canceled after three seasons because they're fucking idiots. But Santa Clarita Diet, if you haven't watched it, it is goofy. It is fun. It It's so easy to watch. Al, I've already seen it. Alex just finished watching it. Highly recommend. You know what? This is relevant to this episode because Mr. Ball Legs is a fucking king. And if you've seen Santa Clarita Diet, you know who yes. Mr. Ball Legs is. And you know what? I will say Scarlett Johansson maybe could play Spider. She couldn't play Mr. Ball Legs. You're fucking your lips to God's ear, girl. <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Well, anyway, I'll be in touch with uh, with her agent, and I'll let you know. Um, Scarjo is listening to this, and she's fuming. She's no, she's on the phone with her agent. Like they think that I can't play a big spider. I'll fucking show them. Colin Jost is like now. trying to hold her back. Colin Jost is her. It's wrangling her, and he's like, "It's not worth it." She's like, "Get him on the phone." <laughs> oh, I love it. Sorry, Scarjo. Um. Okay, my question to you is um, <laughs> going to be kind of grosser, which is that there have been a lot of big spider movies, or just mm-hmm. movies where spiders kind of take over, um, and that's obviously our fucking nightmare. Right. Let's say, in real life, in Los Angeles, where you are, this happens. Oh, fuck me. But, instead of spiders, what is the most horrible bug that could become massive and attack the city in your personal So easy, preference. so fucking easy. I, I know it is. A roach. It's a fucking roach. I mean, because obviously Los Angeles has its fucking fair motherfucking share of roaches. Dog, I... The, the, the fear they unlock in me is so fucking primal. And it's like, you know when you get so scared? Like, you see this all the time and like when people like jump out and scare their spouse or you know haunted house. Where like, the fear runs so deep in you at such an alarming pace that then the initial reaction is also like like unbridled rage yeah. like that's how I feel like I see a roach and I like go through the full fucking spectrum of human emotions of like oh my god already crying like near to like I feel traumatized I feel scared and I'm fucking like don't even like I'm ready to knock a motherfucker out not the roach I'm not touching the roach so like I I'm not I'm telling you hour one strike that half hour one i'm dead because i will take my own life i'm not even fucking around like i'm not even gonna bother like because roaches as we know the size that they are now they can fucking what survive like a nuclear blast like Mm -hmm. so how the fuck are we gonna handle this like i gotta get close and like fucking sword a motherfucker through the chest like no it's not worth it i'm fucking killing myself you can all put this on record like i don't want to live i don't want to live in that world so easiest fucking answer i've ever given is a roach like i name any other bug i still might fucking kill myself but none of them would be worse than a roach that's true because they do have like their own literal body armor so like how are you gonna kill that 
Uh, Especially I mean, if they get on some fucking eight-legged freak shit where they all of a sudden, yeah. like, get smarter, too, and they're, like, rallying the troops. There's no point. We should all just collectively commit suicide. We've already killed this planet. It's what we deserve. Let's just fucking go out on top, you know? It's true. It really would become a cockroach's world. Um, and Within within an hour. Like, we're done. Yeah. It'd be really bad. I hope that never happens. Um, <laughs> me and you both. For me, even... I feel like spiders are, like, very high up top of my list. I feel like I list. know what you're going to say. But in my opinion, the worst outbreak that could potentially happen of massive smart bugs, there's nothing that would, like, make my skin crawl more than fucking house centipedes. I knew it. 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 They are so big, and they have so many legs. They have 100 I legs. Know. And they are hairy, and they move so oh, fast. stop. Could you like, imagine you do this? opening your door and those fucking, those <laughs> fuckers just running at you going speed. numb. <gasps> I, I think I would, I would rather deal with spiders than deal with a house centipede. Like, disgusting. Fucking horrendous. I would, the second I saw one, I don't know what I would do because I would be so protective of my cats. I don't think I could kill myself because I would have to try to save them. But if they got got, that's it, I'm done. I would only live for them. Yeah. I mean, house centipedes, if, if roaches didn't exist, that was the next on my list, too, yeah. for sure. Like, Disgusting. And those motherfuckers, and both roaches and house centipedes move like motherfucking lightning. Holy hell. Like, talk about nightmare fuel. Like, I remember my mom now is on this shit. I mean, once again, I don't live home anymore, but we always would get them in our basement. Yeah, Like, I, of course, like everyone does. And she would say this shit about, like, well, they eat the other bugs. And I'm like, first of all, I don't have beef with the other bugs. Yeah. Like, the fucking little beetles that, like, you know, walking across town to go see their wife on the other <laughs> side of the basement, they don't touch me. They go at a fucking leisurely-ass pace. I can step over them. They're not flying in my face. Like, I have no beef. Not an ounce of it. I wish them the best. So, you know what? On top of the house centipedes being pure fucking just hatred, I come downstairs and I find, like, you know... Bob the fucking beetle dead on fucking sight in the middle of the carpet. I'm not happy about that shit. So I was like, don't try to fucking justify, like, oh, they're getting rid of all the other bugs. Because I still see spiders in this bitch. They're not working hard enough. And you know what? You either work that hard, motherfucker, I will end you. The thing about them, though, that's nice is, like, unlike roaches, like, those, because they are made of, like, dust and hatred, those centipedes, like, they literally are, like, made of nothing. (laughs) The way that I just literally convinced myself something was touching my leg. <laughs> I see, I can't talk about bugs this long, you guys. I will literally have an episode. Um, but they will. My dad literally will like blow on them. He'll be like, and they just like die. Like they're so weak. I mean, my dad is also like unhinged enough, like some fathers are, where like he won't even do the whole like, okay, get me a napkin. Yeah. He'll like literally do the whole shit where you like walk into the room and like. Just, like, fucking, like, punch it into the fucking drywall. And, and I'm like, why? I mean, thank you, but also, like, why? Was the only that way the I've ever been able to kill a house centipede is to take a shoe, to stand at a really far distance, and for, like, two minutes just, like, gain my strength and my courage. And then oh my God, at yeah. the time that I swing, I scream. And I yep. go, ah! And then I panic and I drop the shoe, and then I just, like, hope to see a crumbled body and i i just like can't i can't be anywhere near it i fucking hate them so much 
Oh, I know. It, it is it is a primal thing again where you have to work your... It is that, like, primal shriek you have to let out when you do it. Like, I, you can't be silent. You can't go, oh, It has to be like, ah! Like, yeah, screaming. I literally, I scream. Yeah. It's bad. Okay, But, I well. mean, I, I, I hope bugs never take over. Yeah. But I, I will go on record that I, I'm probably going to kill myself 20 minutes in. If, I, if it's on the news, like, big fucking... Even with spiders. Big fucking spiders overtaking the city. I don't trust us enough. We can't even fucking do the basic shit to, like, halt global warming. Do I think we're going to be able to fucking take care of a fucking mutant spider outbreak? No! I'm fucking gone. We can't even keep toilet paper stocked in grocery stores during Oh, my God! We'll fuck. It'll, it's, it's It's over for us. Die because some, my Republican ass fucking neighbor, like, doesn't know how to act like a human being. Not worth it. Or buy a spider. See, honestly, debatably better, but still not fucking worth it. So you know what? It's not worth it. I'm killing myself, <laughs> and I'm going to be happy about it. Oh, incredible. What a great way to end our this episode. This is not a cry for help. Um, um, so um, I don't think I really need to ask this question, but I will. Um, what do you rate this film uh, in our little scale that we have? I'm... You know it's tough. I'm going to give it, honestly, fuck, it is hard. I'm going to give it um, a busty blonde that smokes pot. So 1.5, you know, right before Stoner Bro. It just doesn't, it it doesn't do a lot for me. And as I said, I knew going into it, it wasn't going to be a masterpiece. But I was like, I hope that, like, I'm going to have a lot of fun with it, though. And I don't know, it just never quite clicked for me, as I said. It, it Something is missing from the formula, from the David Arquette secret sauce. I don't know what it is exactly, but that's that's where I stand on Eight-Legged Freaks. Fair enough. Um, you know, I should dock half a point for David Arquette's horrendous fucking goatee in the first half of this film. Oh, right, yeah. I won't. Um, I, you know, fucking come for me if you want, Roberto. I'm going to give this movie... Three stars, uh, dumb jock, because you know what? At the end of the day, it has the nostalgia factor for me. I think it's a fun time. I don't take it very seriously. I love the way that the spiders talk. Um, I now love the fact that one of the spiders fucking calls all the other spiders over with its arm. I need to go back and watch that. That's fucking iconic of him or her. Um, And, you know... It's the kind of movie that, like, <coughs> if I want something easy to put on that I've seen before or that, like, is stupid or silly, like, Eight-Legged Freaks is a comfort film for me, it's, like, especially in the realm of, like, big animal horror. Like, Eight-Legged Freaks is, like, one of my favorites of that genre, so mm. I give it three stars. I, I don't think it's, like, an amazing film, but I think it's fun. I think it has its moments. I think it's worth at least seeing once if you haven't seen it before. Um... And, you know, just do it to make fun of David Arquette at the end of the day. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. If you want to see David Arquette being David fucking Arquette, you'll you'll want to see this movie. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that wraps up uh, our August episode, which is Eight-Legged Freaks from 2002. Once again, if you want to watch it, it is streaming on HBO Max, at least at the time that we're recording this. Um... Thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm currently trying to persuade Alex to do a little mini-stone, which you might be able to guess what it's about. We'll see if it happens. Um, it's about Scarlett Johansson's that, ability to be a spider. It's about uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next month for whatever spooky little flick we pick. We have some fun stuff hopefully on the horizon. So keep listening. And as always, keep it creepy. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hi, creeps, and thank you for listening to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We would not be able to make this podcast, though, completely on our own, and we have some folks that we would love to thank. Um, First and foremost, if you've noticed, we have amazing new artwork, and we have to thank our friend Raymond Lowell, who commissioned it for us. Uh, You can follow him on Instagram and see all his other amazing art at rblowell. Who else, Alex? Uh, We would love to thank, yet again, for another season, our lovely friend Nathan Graham who made our beautiful introduction music um, and he sings the Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Um, You can follow him at instant underscore grammed like his name Um, and you can also check out his podcast with our other friend Jonah uh, called The Commonwealth. Yes, all good spooky content. And of course, if you can't get enough of us, we're on social media too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror, on Twitter at Girls Who Cried BH. And if you really want to write us a whole novella, baby, you can send us an email at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror at gmail.com. We always want to hear your thoughts and opinions and your insight. Uh, And if you want to follow us individually on social media, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, I am at G-Way Forever. That is G-E-E-W-A-Y, number four, and then ever on Instagram. At agarity15 on Twitter. And uh, on Garrity on Letterboxd if you really want my uh, my film insight. Alex? Yeah, and if you want to check out the uh, three tweets and Instagram posts I do a year, you can check me out uh, at <laughs> Alex Branley. Because I'm very basic on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. It's all the same. I'm just Alex Brandley. <laughs> she makes it easy for you, folks. Yeah. She makes it easy for you. Um, but that's all we have for now. So we'll see you creeps next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The girls who cried be horror.